Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Raising Good Humans. I'm Dr. Aliza and Happy New Year, everybody. We're going to do something a little different because it's New Year's Day. So I thought I'd introduce you to someone who will make you laugh and will answer some Q&As. If you enjoyed this episode, it is so helpful for me if you would subscribe rate. And if you have any extra time at all, write a little review. How do you define success? Sounds like going to NYU and getting the Martin Scorsese award. Certainly doesn't hurt. I'll tell you that much, but no. Like as as in your kid. My primary concern, of course, always as a mother was that my son should be, I'm going to say content. I think happiness (laughs) is going too far. Yeah. Happiness is putting an expectation on your child. And life is not about happiness. It isn't. There are happy moments in life. But life, there is so much focus on people being happy. What you really want to be is content. You want to like what you're doing. You want to feel regulated. You want to enjoy your life on a daily basis. And when my child was regulated, when I felt that he was engaged and regulated and that he was a kind child, that really is my definition of success. And the truth is, does he happen to be very intelligent? Does he have to be, happen to be an incredible artist? All of those things are true. Those are gifts that he came here with. And so if I could contribute to the other, side, other part of his upbringing, which is making him feel safe, making him understand how he's meant to treat other people and how he should want to be treated, and having some respect for the fact that life is full of ups and downs. And for him to be able to weather that storm, that to me is a job well done. I mean, that was beautiful. You asked a question, I answered it. <laughs> well, this just shows you that I, <clears throat> you are not an expert, but you have a lot of wisdom. So, and it's New Year's. So I want to be, I want to be smiling. So this is perfect. Yeah, What? Well, look, this is so funny. Everybody's always so depressed about January. Everyone, oh, I ate too much and I have to go back to work and this and that. You know, what if you just decided that that first day of January or the third day or the fourth day, whenever you go back, was actually going to be a great day? That you were excited to get up, start whatever this new, instead of dreading what the new thing is, Start that new thing with a little bit of intention. Have a night, make yourself a nice little cup of coffee or however you like to start the day. And just don't have too many expectations for that day other than I'm going to try and enjoy it as opposed to I'm going to dread it. Sometimes we just need a little perspective shift. I think that that's, a, you know, in our culture, it's ingrained in us. Oh, we're supposed to hate January. We're supposed to hate how we feel. We're supposed to hate how we look. 
How about we just shift that instead? I mean, <clears throat> are you I still like, there, Dr. Eliza? I, <laughs> I, I'm so excited to share you. Well, let's get to these questions because I know you're not going to like all my answers and I'm excited about that part. I can't wait to hear you correct me with all your newfangled ideas about what it means to be a parent. I don't know. I, I'm starting to think I might not. I mean, I well, expected to, but now I'm thinking I might not so far. I mean, we're going to find out. Don't worry. I'll screw up at some point. Yeah. Okay. Ready? Hi, longtime listener. And thank you so much for what you do. I had a topic slash question. Okay. My four-year-old son has had a couple of instances of asking his other four-year-old cousin to show him his private parts or kiss his butt. I asked my son if these are things, <laughs> I asked my son if he said these things and he admits that he has, but when I ask why, or if he's seen it somewhere else or someone else has asked him, he doesn't really respond and says no. He likes to be silly and jokes about toots and butts and thinks running around naked is funny. His sisters, who are a little bit older, indulge him. Yeah. How do I nip this in the bud and discipline properly or send my son the message this crosses a line? Well, I'm very curious to hear your... It's been a long time since I was a mother to a, a four-year-old boy, but I was <laughs> at, at one point. It's been a very, very long time. I think, I do, and I'll be very curious what your, your answer is to the solution here, but it sounds to me like there's a little too much emphasis on him as a clown in the family. Mm. And so he, this is how he gets, first of all, it's how he gets attention. Mm -hmm. But second of all, my guess is he's watching some kind of rude cartoons. And I mean rude in the sense of, in the English sense of the word. Things where, and this happens a lot with cartoons. Cartoons uh -huh. are that way. This one gets banged around and that one gets knocked over and then this one moons somebody or, you know, that's cartoony, funny stuff. But this kid is spending either too much time watching things like that and then he's having his behavior reinforced by the family. Everybody, it sounds to me like he has a couple of older sisters. He's the only boy probably. And yeah. so he's like everybody's little toy. He's like the puppy in the house. Mm -hmm. And probably one, he's acting out, but he might be genuinely curious also about, he's also sounds like there isn't a lot of masculine energy in the house. He doesn't have a brother. So he's not bathing with a brother. So he doesn't know what someone else's willy looks like or someone mm -hmm. else's bum. There's just a lot of cross signals going on here. Uh -huh. So the question is, I don't think you want to reprimand him necessarily, but you might want to explain to him that his cousin who he loves very much is made to feel uncomfortable by this. Mm -hmm. And that there, and I'd be very curious what your suggestion is about how to do that, but that you sort of want to say to him, I know we think it's funny, but not everybody thinks what's funny is what we think is funny. And so when we're playing with our friends, we want our friends to be happy and have fun. What we don't want is to make them feel sad or uncomfortable, essentially. I'll be curious what, how you would do it. But I think it's tiny adjustments that need to be made here. But what you don't want to do is introduce any idea of shame or embarrassment. Where He doesn't think he's hurting anybody's feelings. He think this is, thinks this is all totally positive behavior because he's getting positive feedback from it. Right. But... So I think you need to find a way to curb that behavior without 
letting him understand that he's done something wrong here, so to speak. I don't know. What do you think, Dr. Eliza? I agree with you. I think he's getting a lot of attention. And, you know, if it's funny in the house to take your pants off and talk about tooting, then it's confusing when your house guest, even if it's your cousin, isn't doing the same thing. And so I would probably have a talk with the older siblings and with everybody about how important it is to respect private parts because that's just something you need to know. And how do you, how does you want to dress that? I think you just say the parts that go underneath a bathing suit are private. And so if you want to touch your private parts, that's okay. If you want to get undressed in this house, that's okay. But for outside of this household, it's important that, and and that is without shame. It's not a bad thing. It's not, yeah. it's just about, this is private and explaining what privacy is. Privacy means it belongs to you and you alone, and you don't include other people in, in activities that involve your private parts. And also what you said, I think is a perfect and reasonable thing to talk about when you have a friend over, even if sometimes in our family, we think it's funny to do this or that. That's not how everybody operates, especially when you're asking someone else to show their private parts or anything that makes them uncomfortable. That's that's off limits. And it's it's okay to say that it's not acceptable behavior, but I just, I think the tone should be with open understanding that it's natural to be curious. Yeah. So you, you might even say, of course, it's natural to be curious, but you know, and you can come to me with any questions, but when it comes to having other people over other people's bodies, that's not for you. Stress, sleep, recovery, whether we're in the gym or at work, these things shape how we perform. One thing I've added into my daily routine and it's helped make a noticeable difference for me is Newcom. It's so important for your health and well-being to be able to manage stress and not to be managed by it. Newcom gives you the power and control to relax and recharge anywhere, anytime. Own the day with Newcom. Newcom is the only stress management system of its kind, clinically proven in over a million sessions to improve your sleep, reduce stress, and boost your recovery without drugs and side effects. The Newcom system uses cutting-edge neuroscience and consists of three non-invasive, non-pharmaceutical items, all of which are included in your monthly subscription that costs less than a daily cup of coffee. The whole process is easy to use and to work into your daily routine to achieve better sleep, reduction in stress, and boost recovery. So do what I did. Own the day with Newcom. We have a special link set up specifically for our listeners. Go to humansnewcom.com and get 50% off your 30-day subscription of Newcom and their money-back guarantee. That's humansnewcom, N-U-C-A-L-M.com, humansnewcalm.com. Well, hello, I'm Katie Maloney, and you probably know me from a little show called Banner Bumber Rolls. I've been labeled all kinds of things, a bitch, a bully, and a mean girl. But there is so much more to a person than what you see on TV. Tune in every Friday as I talk to some of my friends and castmates, celebrities, comedians, medical professionals, and maybe some political figures. And by the time we're done, you're going to love me. So 
What about the fact that she's a mother of all, she's a woman, she's a mother of all these girls, and then she has this boy. Because I think there's another issue underlying here, which is this idea of rambunctiousness. And that boys, of course, are different than girls, and they tend to express themselves more physically, and, you know, they're their feelings are manifested more physically perhaps than internally. Maybe I'm, maybe that's not accurate. Each child is different, but boys are boys. And it sounds to me like there's a little confusion over how to be the mother to a boy and how to be the mother to a girl. And that this boy maybe as being the baby and the only boy and everybody is again, being treated a little bit like a puppy. And my only concern He's four. That's not going to stand him in good stead when he goes to kindergarten eventually. You know, this kind of stuff. It's not, look, I'm not saying he has any behavioral issues. He's a four-year-old boy. He's acting like a four-year-old boy. He's running around, yeah. Yeah. But it is our job at that age to say, ha, am I setting him up for success when he needs to be in a room that I'm not going to be present in? Or even when I'm in the other room making dinner and and the girls are dressing him up like a unicorn and, you know, and make him run around in circles and whatever else. And I'm not saying that's over. I'm just saying we need to find a way to transition from space to space. And how do you do that with a toddler? How do you start that process? Well, I mean, I think it's also starting that process with the siblings and saying to the sisters, hey, he's not a puppy. And we have to think about the fact that he has to go out into the world soon, hopefully. And- the kinds of things that you're making, you know, giving him attention for and laughing about or doing in this house aren't things that translate. So let's try to focus on helping him regulate in and function in, let's say, kindergarten. So having a real conversation, I think is helpful. And then with him, giving him permission to tell his sisters, you know, no, thanks. And let's be fun and be silly, but there's also times when that's over. And when I say over, it's over sort of thing. Yeah, I am curious. Boys can be a bit of an enigma, meaning with a girl, you sort of feel like you tell them something and they hear you. (laughs) And boys, you can just wonder, do you hear anything that I said? And you might, and you don't really find out until the next time it happens, whether they've processed it or not, (laughs) you know? Um, I I think it's really hard for me to say anything about this because I, it's hard to talk generally about boys versus girls. Of course. But there is a temperament. There's certainly a temperament of inattention yeah. and an activity level that you might see a little bit more of in a traditional boy than you would in the girls. So in this case, let's just imagine that that's what's happening. Uh, the listening part happens with girls and boys, of course, but let's say we're thinking of boys who are a little bit less attentive. There's not, you know, you giving structure and boundaries and giving the same ones over and over is what helps that be clear. And you give expectation. Reason. Exactly. And it's just, yeah. if it's always the same, there's no confusion. Terrific. I learned a little something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we have a new question. Okay. Okay. My two-year-old girl is brave, strong, demanding, and very certain of herself at home. And she lets her brothers know if she doesn't want her space invaded, if she doesn't want a hug. She's very sure. She discusses future engagements and even has conversations with, for example, a playgroup teacher. 
But as soon as we are out of the house, she doesn't talk to anyone. A whole class can go by and she may not say one word. Maybe if she's asked a question, she'll stare out in silence. Now she's being referred to as shy by adults and refers to herself as shy. Is she? What is the best way to help her grow? She is one child at home and another outside. Hmm. Fascinating. Talk, talk to me, Dr. Liz. Okay. Well, it is really typical. Wait, how, I can't remember how old she was. Two? Two. I mean, a two-year-old is just learning how to have conversations and just b- barely and just getting comfortable in the world. So, yeah. and this parent might not have experience with lots of different kids, but almost everybody says their child speaks 10 times more at home than in front of other people. Or they always, you notice when there's a little kid, the parents like tell so-and-so about blah, 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 or tell, you know, tell Rana about what you said about the present she gave you. And the kids are silent and it has nothing to do with temperament. It's mostly to do with the fact that they're new to having conversations and engaging. And it's much more intimidating when there are large groups that you're not comfortable with and it takes longer and then there's temperament. So you could be slow to warm up and you just take a little bit longer, but you don't need to say anything. I mean, why people label anyone as shy or not shy is is always beyond me because when you label a kid, they can take that on. So I think- Which is parents, what she's doing, obviously. Right. So yeah. if she thinks, I guess I'm the shy person and is getting attention for not saying something- that's going to sounds very that. developmentally advanced to be two years old and referring to herself as shy. It's the, the whole concept, the idea that she even has a concept of herself, herself outside of herself, meaning looking at herself. Well, she might say like, I'm shy or I shy, and she's just repeating. So she could yeah. be very sophisticated or she could just be copying what adults are saying about her and yeah. doesn't necessarily know what that means, but knows that it means something along the lines of being quiet. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think though that that's with time and not being pushed. No, she's two. So her yeah. whole world has been the family up until now. And lucky for her, she has a big family and a big and loving and fun. And so in some ways, she's probably socialized a little bit in a little bit more of an advanced way than the average two-year-old because she has society. And when you're an only child or whatever, and you don't want, particularly during the pandemic, people aren't seeing grandparents, aren't seeing friends as much, et cetera, et cetera. So in some ways, this is wonderful. Lucky her, she, she is socialized. You know, you're very lucky that she grew up, she's growing up in this environment. And so in some ways she's advanced and you're expecting certain things of her because she's able to relate to her siblings like a three-year-old or a four-year-old probably in some way. But you have to remember that for a child, everything is new. Yes. The first time they go to a grocery store, they've never been to a grocery store. I mean, at their lives, she's only been on this planet for 24 months. So every time you take her into a new situation, she's smart. She's looking around and figuring out what's going on and she's piecing it together. She may not say anything for three months, and then maybe she's going to come out of a shell, figure that she figure out she has a little control over that environment. She knows how this works. This is where her bag goes. This is where her boots go. This is what time we eat lunch. I get it. And now that I get it, I have things to say. Yes. But until I get it, I don't have anything to say. 
And that's her prerogative. And in the meantime, it's your job to not tell her what she is. Let her figure out what she is. And look, if it's a real problem, you're going to know. Right. This is, this is not a real, this is, I think that's an important thing to say. We're not talking about a developmental issue here. This is clearly yeah. a, a child who's thriving and has communication skills. And this is about a personality mixed with development and time. And so imagine if every day of your life was the first day at a new job or the first day at college or the first day getting your license or this is what it is to be a child. Every time you do something, it's the first time you're doing it. And you have to figure out what it is, how you do it, and who you are in that environment. Now keep in mind, she has a brain that's 24 months old. I mean, you have to give her, it doesn't mean she's shutting down. It's just that she's using her resources for something else. She's using them to think and figure out her environment. You cannot expect her to be the same person in every place. But my guess is after a little bit of time and, and if she's comfortable where she is, these two personalities are going to meld together a little bit. But there, there are kids who absolutely have their most significant relationships at home and are quiet in school and are always quiet in school. And, and that just happens. And the only thing I would say about that is you should feel good about the fact that she's so comfortable at home and so comfortable with her siblings that she can express herself in a different way there. And she may very well be content at school. Like those kids that you're describing, we have to be careful not to impose on them, we parents, that there's some that they must not be happy because they're a different personality at school yes. than they are at home. Yes. If she was unhappy, you would know. Yeah. She would be constipated. She would be this. She would be that. <laughs> she would be showing her stress in some way. Right. Doesn't mean she's stressed out just because she's not doing a soap fly on everybody in the classroom. <laughs> I want to tell you about another parenting podcast called Notes from the Backpack. It's brought to you by National PTA and hosted by Helen Westmoreland and Lawanda Tony. Helen heads PTA's Center for Family Engagement and has a two-year-old daughter. Lawanda is PTA's Director of Communication and has a seven-year-old son. In each episode of Notes from the Backpack, they invite an expert to show and address a topic related to your child's learning, development, and success in school and out. Together, they're tackling questions we need to know the answers to. How do I choose online resources that will actually support my kids during school closures? How can I help my child with learning differences thrive right now? How do I talk with my kids about complex issues in our society, like the fight for racial justice? Notes from the Backpack has listeners in every state and in more than 60 countries. If you're not already listening, you should be. I've been listening to Notes from the Backpack, and if you're looking for a good episode to start with, I recommend raising kids who embrace race. The hosts chat with the amazing founders of Embrace Race about how families can start talking to their kids about race. Beyond that, they dive into strategies for embedding racial justice practices into your family life. I know you'll love this episode because it really gives you the tools for raising good humans. Check out Notes from the Backpack wherever you listen to podcasts or at notesfromthebackpack.com. I think we're ready for the next question. Okay, I can't wait. Hi there. I know you're very busy and I'm sure you have a lot of questions in your DMs, but I've- Oh boy. (laughs) We already know a lot about this parent. (laughs) 
<laughs> Don't make a loud noise around her. She's going to get spoked. But I've been listening to your podcast and I love it so much. Thank you. Uh, it's been so helpful. I have a question for you. How do I talk to my older son about being kind to his younger brother without feeling like I'm shaming him? He has a middle brother who he gets along with really well, but the littler one is always getting left out. They're four, six, and almost nine. I'm interested in talking to him in a way that he will intrinsically want to include or be kinder to his brother, mm. but I'm not sure how to do that effectively. Thanks so much for all you do. Now, I don't, I didn't have three kids, so this is a little tricky for me. I'll tell you what my instinct tells me, and I want you to tell me whether that's the total wrong way to go about it. Okay. He's the big brother. He's the big, he's a big kid. I think that's a double-edged sword. Sometimes people treat big kids like they're little adults or they expect them to sort of be the helper or whatever that is. And some big kids, and you'll know your kid, but some older brothers or oldest sisters or whatever really relish that position in the family. I'm not sure where this kid falls. So take my advice with a grain of salt. You know your kid's personality. I would consider having a very real conversation with that child and treating him with real respect, sitting him, maybe taking him to lunch or sitting him down, or, but something that's just the two of you, not something that is, I need to talk to you for a minute before dinner. Something that is, could we take a walk or go for a hike or take the dog out together, just you and me. Like honoring that he's the oldest. And honoring that he's his own person, that he's not just one of three, one of three, one of three, because that's part of the problem with, the, with what's going on here. He's sick and tired of hanging out with a baby all the time. <laughs> Well, that's what he thinks. He's four. He's a baby. He can't do anything. And he, he's like an earlier letter writer. He's rambunctious or he's a baby or he's a this or he's that because he's four. That's what he is. He's four. So he's figuring it all out at four. And you were four once too. But I think you want to take your firstborn and you want to honor that and you want to do something just with him. And I think you should enjoy that for however long, a half an hour, an hour, whatever the thing is you're doing together. And then you should say, I want to talk to you about something. I know that you lose your patience with Jonah. I've noticed that you lose your patience with Jonah. That's what I'm calling the babe. And I wanted to talk to you about what that's about. I want to know, I know he's young and I know he's this and that, but I want to know from your perspective what it is that drives you crazy about him. First of all, I think he'll be shocked to even be asked that question because so much of having three kids is managing, you do this, don't do that, don't talk to him that way, do that. Of course, that's just called being a mother to multiple children. But this is not what this space is for. This space is for you and he to have sort of a, a, a yearly review together mm -hmm. or an every few months review mm -hmm. where you say, I want you to be happy in your job. What can we do to make you happier in your job, basically? <laughs> I mean, honestly, consider yeah. he's meeting with HR or with his boss <laughs> and you love him and you want him to love his job at this company. Yeah. So what can we do? You still have your job and part of your job is being the big brother, but what can we do to make you happier in your job? I feel like you make us all hang out together all the time and I don't want to hang out with him all the time and you make us include him all the time. I can understand that. He's your brother. He needs to be included some of the time. But if there are things that you want to do alone with Matthew or whoever the middle child is, mm -hmm. or just by yourself, and you can see it's not going in that direction, I want you to pull me aside and I want you to tell me 
this is something I really would rather do, blah, 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 whatever. But I want us to feel like we can communicate because I think what happens is you get upset or you get frustrated and you don't think you have any control over the situation. And look, it's not always going to go your way. And that's the reality of being in a family with three kids. And it's not only always going to go his way. I know it feels like that because he's little, but also he's little. And so I need a little more patience from you, but I want to know what would make you happier and what it is that you really feel. I probably wouldn't use the word triggered because I think it's a, it's yeah, an, no need to introduce. It's that. an important concept, but we don't need to introduce no. it because then everything becomes about triggered. But we know yeah. what we're talking about. Why, why does he get under your nerves? On your nerves, rather, under your skin. <laughs> and I bet you, your son will really appreciate being heard one-on-one. And I bet you that that'll take a lot of the annoyance out of even the stuff that's going to be annoying one way or the other. And it'll probably keep you from feeling guilty or losing your tempo, whatever it is that happens when everything hits a boiling point, because that's what happens. You have three kids, it's going to hit a boiling point. Just is. Mm -hmm. You know what I love about what you just said is that (laughs) your face right now. (laughs) My face, my face is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. It was just when I said, when I said I was going to tell you what I loved about what you just said, I'd like to. I'd be curious to know what you liked about what I said. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I know you're the doctor, but (laughs) it's that what, what you're doing is you are, you're saying let's partner, not that I'm not in charge because I'm the grown up. Yeah. Let's partner in problem solving here. Mm -hmm. So you have some autonomy and you can let me know what you would like, what you wish for. I'm not going to be able to grant all of it. But, yeah. but at least you're part of this conversation. So I'm not coming in and just saying, here's what you need to do and here's how you need to do it. And so when this mom used the word intrinsic, she wants her child to intrinsically want blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We can't, we can't make someone feel a certain way. We have to set up an environment and hope. You can hope for something like they want to include their little brother, but you can't make this kid feel a certain way inside. And this is a wonderful way to partner so that he's a participant and not just being told, here's how you have to feel about your brother. So we know we have to wear masks and... My kids are great about it, but when they're running or playing sports of any kind, it can get difficult. And I found a phenomenal mask that they love and it's just more breathable and comfortable. It's a sports mask by Blue Bear Protection. And right now my listeners can get 20% off at bluebearprotection.com with promo code HUMANS, H-U-M-A-N-S. The COVID vaccine is out, but not everybody's able to get it right away, nor should they because there is a limited quantity and we need to prioritize our medical and frontline workers and those who are more vulnerable. So it is more important than ever to continue wearing high quality masks to protect you and your family and other people. That is why I recommend Blue Bear Protection. Blue Bear also makes masks for kids in lightweight and breathable fabrics that provide serious protection. They have other things like N95 masks and CAN95 masks and disposable masks that are really soft. They come in kid sizes and grown-up sizes. There's just 
a lot to get. So help protect your family and other people's families by ordering masks from Blue Bear Protection. And don't forget, right now you can get 20% off your first purchase. Order today at bluebearprotection.com and use the promo code HUMANS. What if, looking back on the way we were all raised a hundred years ago, what if you felt, even at a young age like that, that you had some control over your environment and some control over your destiny, not your destiny, but your future and the way things unfold? I think that is often a lesson that children learn much later in life. And what if you could learn that Look, you're not saying here's the keys to the house. Not at all. You're just saying, I recognize that you're part of this ecosystem. And I want you to be happy here to the extent that that's possible. And what, I mean, really, that's something that parenting was never focused that way before. Parenting was always a trickle-down economic situation. <laughs> and, and I'm not suggesting, again, you're the parent. You're the one with the experience. You set the rules. That's I, I am a huge believer in that. And I'm a huge believer in good behavior, good manners, and you know, kindness, et cetera, et cetera. And if that's not happening, that needs to be enforced in the home. And I and I am old-fashioned that way. But it doesn't mean someone's gonna do it because you tell them to do it or because you intrinsically, magically thinking want that to happen. You need to give him a roadmap a little bit. And you need to get him to buy into this idea. And, and you really need to respect him. It's about respect. You have to respect the way that he carries himself through this world. And that these two children that came afterwards, look, this is life, but they're disruptions. They are. There was a time when it was only him. And in his bones, he remembers that. And then there was a time when it was him and the other one that he likes. And he liked that a lot. And he doesn't like this so much. But... These are phases. This kid's four. This kid's going to be 14 someday. And this other kid's going to be 20. Yeah. And maybe they're going to be best friends. Or maybe they're never going to be friends. But we have to find a way to do this. The other thing that you said that was important is that you, you understand how this nine-year-old, did we give him a name, this nine-year-old? No, he didn't get a name. Everyone got a name. He's going to be uh, Jacob. Jacob, Matthew's the middle, Jonah's yeah. the youngest. Yeah, Jacob, <laughs> Matthew, and Jonah. <laughs> so Jacob is feeling seen and understood and included in the, the decision-making, but still not in charge. All of yeah. that is so meaningful. Yeah. And then the other thing with siblings, as you said, you know, there's, there's, there's a long time. They have lots of, this is a phase. Yeah. The best way to promote that friendship and that relationship is to treat it like a friendship and let them have that relationship in whatever form it takes. Obviously, if there's cruelty and disrespect, you need to step in. But to a certain extent, you got to let these kids work out their relationships. Yeah. And you can't make him like him. No. But you can try to adjust the environment so that he likes him more. Because a lot of this is environmental. He's being forced. He's he might up. like him a lot more if he's not being forced to go on a date with him five nights a week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really? Oh, we're watching, you know, Finding Nemo again. Well, I don't want to. Then you know what? You're nine. Let's set you up in the living room with your own iPad. And these two idiots are going to watch Nemo together. And you can watch <laughs> something else. You know, 
he needs a little special treatment as the oldest. Right. Not too much. Not but too he much. Needs a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Not everything is, I'm not talking about you can eat whatever you want for dinner and blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying, you know, he, if you want him to be the big kid, you're telling him you want to be the big kid, he's a big kid, then you have to treat him like a big kid some of the time too. He's different. That's my opinion. Listen, I, I think your opinions have been incredibly spot on today. And frankly, you're much less old fashioned than I anticipated. Oh, well, that's, <laughs> is that an insult? Is that a swipe at my age, Dr. Aliza? <laughs> no. I didn't know this was an ageist podcast. Now I understand. <laughs> I, but I, the reason Had it I, occurred to you that just because I'm not in the middle of raising a child doesn't mean I don't know how to raise a child. A lot of these people that are in the middle of raising a child have no idea how to raise a child. That is why your show is popular. Because none of these people know what they're doing. And that is how you feel when you're raising children. We all feel that way. I am in there too. Only until you're out of it. Can you look back and say, uh, look, I have the benefit of hindsight. So when you're out of it, you look back and you say, it would have been nice if I had had this wonderful conversation, da, da, da. And then what you've, the part you forget is that you hadn't washed your hair in four days because you were so crazy trying to figure out school Zoom and this and get dinner on the table. You know, we got to cut ourselves a little bit of slack. Are you saying that because you're looking at my hair? <laughs> I'm not not saying that because of that. <laughs> um, you know, I- <laughs> your, girls, your girls are old enough that you have time to wash your hair. That's all I'm going to say about that. I know you. Do, I know you're growing a thriving business, but your daughter's old enough that they could be left alone while you're in the shower. I'm just going to say that. That's. True. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really, I really do value. I mean, the reason. By the way, I have one more question, but I, I'm okay. But we we'll have to, to do a very quick. We can do a very quick one because then I have to go. I'm very busy. All right. I know you're very busy and that's why I appreciate you're doing this, but I do yeah. think, you know, this is what, I, this is the tone I want for starting the new year is a little bit of wisdom, a little bit of humor, you know, and a lot of acceptance and a lot not, of acceptance, but not so much acceptance that we're not washing our hair and doing our jobs. Okay. <laughs> I think sometimes people can give themselves a little too much self-acceptance and that it's called sweatpants. Okay. So Oh my God. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> okay. Hello, Dr. Pressman. If you have oh, time. <laughs> I don't, don't mind if I do. If you have time to respond to this question, it would mean the world. I'm an art Everyone's teacher. Everyone's so polite with you. This is a really beautiful community of parents, I'm going to say. Yeah. And, and, pra- and practitioners and. Really wonderful. Leaders. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an art teacher and married father. Oh, and married father of two incredibly smart children. I'm in love with you, Dr. Pressman. <laughs> I listen to your podcast every week and I've decided I want to leave my wife for you. What am I supposed to do? Love the art teacher. No. Okay, go on. I, however, have difficulty res- <laughs> <laughs> I, however, have difficulty responding to my eight-year-old son's reckless and obstinate behavior. It's all boys this week, I've noticed. This is a lot of boys this week. We had the two-year-old girl, but there's a lot of boy problems. This yeah. Week. That's okay, because I only have a son, so that's pretty good. That's true. I didn't do that yeah. on purpose, but it's yeah. a good point. Yeah. 
Okay. He's often very kind to people outside of the family, but can be uh-huh. very mean-spirited towards our immediate family. He responds to threats of lost privileges, but I want the lesson to be about being hurtful, not losing material things. Where mm. can I start? And thank you for your time. What's the answer, Dr. Ray? Well, here's the, the best part about that letter. The best sign in that letter is when children are able to be at their worst at home, it means they have a much more secure relationship than if the opposite were true. If, you know, you're, oh. if, the, if, if at a school, con- a parent teacher conference, the teachers are like, your child's amazing. They're incredible. They're so thoughtful, blah, blah, blah. And you think, I don't, even recognize my child, that's a good sign. If it's the reverse, if the teachers are talking about oppositional behavior and cruelty and mean-spiritedness and all these things, and you think, but my child's so polite and kind at home, that's the red flag because that means they feel safe or at least more safe at school or in the outside world than they do with you. So the good part to, I think, I mean, I were I this father, is that your child's place of taking risks and doing things that are, you know, mean-spirited, I think was one of the issues, is at home. And that's where you want them to misbehave the most because that's the safest place to do it. So that's good. Um, But that doesn't mean that you don't have boundaries at home. And when you use taking away privileges to get kids to comply, it usually, you know, sort of, it works in the short term because it can be, you know, you could really want your things, but it's not a long-term solution to No, it's fake behavior. good behavior. Exactly. It's yeah. who's that character that was, you know, pretend polite. Never mind. It's like I from, don't know too. what is it from the 1930s and you think I'm supposed to know it? <laughs> yeah. My God, this has really become something other than what I expected. Starts with a compliment. You look terrific, Rana. <laughs> then you're 100 years old, Rana. And now you think I'm from the Great Depression. Uh, there's something going on in your house, dear. Either between these two siblings or you and this kid are either too much alike or nothing alike. Or he reminds you of your ex-wife. There's something. You and this kid are not on the same page. And this happens sometimes where you have opposite personalities and families, et cetera, et cetera. You're still the parent. So don't get lost in this idea. And again, I may be reading into this far too much. Well, that's but, the risk of these letters. They're very short. We don't have yeah, a lot of information. But this is, and so either take it or leave it. Either, either this hits a nerve and rings a bell or it doesn't. And Dr. Elisa will correct me if I'm giving bad advice. But there's something else going on here. This kid is acting out because he's unhappy about something or he has regulation issues. I don't know what it is, but I agree with Dr. Elisa wholeheartedly. This short-term punishment is not getting to the root of whatever the issue is. It might be controlling the environment a little bit in the moment when it's happening, but you have to take a deeper look, talk to your partner or whoever it is, and say, what do we think's really going on here? And try to get to the root of that. And then I think maybe send us a follow-up letter, but there's something else going on in this house that this kid is not happy with. And perhaps the advice that we gave to the last letter applies here too, where you have a conversation with this kid and you say, I notice you get very worked up when this happens, or you get very upset when things don't go your way or whatever it is. I want to talk to you. I want to know why you're unhappy. I want to know what you're upset about. Not what's your problem, but how are you feeling? Why does that make you sad? Why does that make you angry? What are the things that 
Cause I want you to, I want you to feel better and I want you to feel like, you know, things are going you, I don't know how to say this, but things are going your way here. And, and, and you recognize that this is a good kid because yeah, the, the outside world that he sees that, you know, listen, when you're out in the world, you're a wonderful kid and you are so connected and kind. I just am wondering what's going on here. Yeah. There's some force, source of frustration for this kid. And it could be any number of things. We just don't have enough information. But I, th- I think you need to go on a little bit of a fact-finding mission here. You know, not for nothing, it's also been a very difficult year yes. for kids, for everybody, but for kids yes. especially to keep it together, to follow all of the rules they have to follow in Ugh. addition to the rules that they had to follow to be kids in the first place. So by the time you get home... I, uh, that's an excellent point. You're going to get the short end of the stick a little bit this year, which is never mind. I don't know whether he's on Zoom or he's out at school, but this sometimes happens too. He has to behave all day. Yeah. So yeah. when he gets home, he doesn't want to anymore or whatever it is. But hopefully this is also a phase. Dia, I'm so sorry, but I have to, I have to run. I know you do. And I'm so grateful that you came and I hope we can do this again because this was such, such a, a great way to start the year for me. Anyway, I didn't even, I'm thank you for taking me down memory lane. I didn't even remember what it was like to talk <laughs> about small children. So I appreciate it. <laughs> if people are interested in adult problems, they can come listen to my podcast, which is called ask Rana with Rana and Brian. And it comes out every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and we're I'm going to put it in the show notes. Okay. Wonderful. And we're at ask Rana on Instagram, but Dr. Elisa, I adore you. I'd spend any amount of time with you given given the choice. Oh, I love you. Thank you. All right, dear. Kiss, kiss. Thank I'll you for you having me. Love you. Bye. Thank you for listening. That was full disclosure. Now that we've finished the episode, that was one of my best friends in the world. And uh, this is her character, Rana. And she really does have an advice a comedy podcast that gives adult advice. And her character, Rana, is my favorite, really my favorite of all time. She's a riot. And I actually thought she really does give great advice as this character. And why not see what she has to say and start off our new year with a little levity. Happy New Year. And thank you for listening. And I am looking forward to spending this year with you and Here's to 2021.